ladies and gentlemen, from All Seasons Studio 306 in Midlothian, Virginia, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, Should We Put Children in Charge of Gender Selection? What? Remember to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Come on, people. Keep working on the best behavior. Absolutely. Even you children. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben. Let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing fantastic again, Ben. And uh, yes, indeed, it is getting better because we are here in Studio 306. Mm -hmm. Good to be here. Yes, welcome, absolutely. Uh, welcome all of you truth seekers and rock tumblers out there. It is our honor to be here on this platform and to be bringing you the undiluted truth. That is right. And uh, as once said, we are going to be injecting you with the undiluted truth, not the latest and greatest uh, vaccine, which uh, is going to be a topic for another day, but mm. don't look now. Oh boy! And in, in, in the rear view mirror, not in the rear view mirror, but right in front of you. Here it comes again. But anyway, uh, interesting question that you ask is a title to this episode. Yes. Some might have heard that and thought, "Are you kidding me? Are, are these guys really serious with the name of that title?" Sadly. Sadly but true. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, there are no stupid questions. This is serious. And we learned this on a previous episode of The Undiluted Truth, more specifically in an interview with Jan Jekelek and Miriam, Dr. Miriam Grissom. And that's where we are with our youth today. They are prepared to put them in charge and, you know, we we were asking the question uh, after that was the question was well would it stop there would it would it stop with just giving them that authority you should right. be able to choose your own gender do we yeah. really think that that authority for children would stop with that one thing no and i don't think no. it would and i know you don't think it would yeah, and, and you know, and before we even get into it, I mean, if, if if you were to think that the answer is yes, right? Well, at what age would you deem that 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 that's reasonable? You know, that would be another question. Sure, I yeah. mean, because one is the first question, and two is well, well, how soon can they do that? I mean, oh, as soon as they can talk. Well, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So, sure. What's the criteria exactly, uh, of that? Yeah. You know, you know, common sense would say, well, let's see, the brain isn't fully developed until right around 24, 25. So maybe that would be no, no, that we can't do that. So so really, it's it's young adults. Yeah, not not yeah, children. That's not, when not children, that's right. when. And you know what? After that, really, <laughs> they have every legal right to do that. Well, but but legal, the problem yes, with that would be yes. that you don't see many, you know, 24, 25-year-olds in 
third and fourth grade when they're very impressionable and prepared to be indoctrinated. That's so, true. So that age just wouldn't work with the motives that the those, those powers to be, so to speak, have in mind. I mean, yeah. it just wouldn't yeah. work. That their their premeditation of ignorance is just not not flying with that scenario. We've got to get them young. We've got and 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 I think this is just one thing to uh, allow. And of course, then it becomes political because somebody's got to pass these laws and somebody's got to be appointed in to vote. Right. And it, it, right. it, you know, it, the whole thing's a bit of a mess. But we know where it came from, yeah. and uh, where it comes from still today. And we we touched on right. that. Uh, the last episode, and where did we? Yeah, uh, this, where did we decide the ultimate? It, where did it come from? I mean, where does all of this thought process come from? Do you remember? I mean, the oh, ultimate. Well, ultimately, the devil. Yes, very. Yeah, good, yeah. Very I good. was, I was. Yeah. Sorry, I, I wasn't quite there because I, <laughs> I was about to make a comment that you know it's sad that this type of thing you mentioned. Well, we got to get them young, you know, and from what we learned on the last podcast or two is. This has been going on for, what, a decade and a half at least, yes. from what she said, mm-hmm. at least. Right. So, I mean, they have been, quote, getting them young, mm-hmm. you know, in that respect. So, yeah. And anyway. do yeah, and do you remember the—I think they said over the last—was it two years? The percentage of increase— yeah, that, I don't remember the years, but it was 5,000%, percent, right? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. So, yeah, even though it was happening, right? it is— almost streamline normal now uh, a way of life, if you will, which is sad because we do know that they have spoken of some that have been brave enough to stand up and speak out about the the disappointment and the regret of actually getting the change And, and some of the just the mental issues that come with that so yeah it's it's real it's there and it is time to you know to do something about it and god bless uh dr miriam Miriam grissom with what she's doing so before we get into this interview we just wanted to let our listeners know please join us on spotify red circle Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Audible, Podvine, Podbean, and more to come. And if you ever, Ben, think of another one or two while I'm speaking, just uh, shout it out. Well, I ran across another one. I oh. think, I believe we are on last.fm, I think is a location we're on as well. I think it's last.fm or last.fm.com. Oh, very good. Yeah. So that's another one I believe we're on. Okay, excellent. Yeah. But uh, one of the more popular, I would say, is Podbean and Spotify is probably the... Spotify and Apple Podcasts actually seem to be the top two yeah. uh, currently in what I can discover from our analytics. Very, very good. And that would make perfect sense. So, all right. Are we ready over there with uh, at the control? We are panel? ready. Okay, and we are going to get in to this interview midstream. So 
I'm not sure whose voice you're going to hear first, in all honesty, <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be Dr. Uh, Grissom. So here we go. All right. So I say in the book that it is an assembly line. And the reason I say that is because we know that once kids are, are, are put on this path, certainly once they're on blockers, almost all kids on blockers go ahead further down the path to cross-sex hormones, mm. almost all of them, mm. upwards 90% or up. So we know that the, the blockers are a big deal. They're not just buying time, because during that time, the kids are not changing their minds. The ones that change their minds, it happens later. Now, I want to mm. point out for your audience, I'm sure everyone knows this, but I will point out that sex is established at conception. There is no assigning anything at birth. The egg unites with the sperm. You have in 99.98% of cases, uh, either a boy or a girl at conception. That uh, condition of being a boy or a girl is permanent. Every cell in the body that has a nucleus of all our many billions and billions of cells that make up every system in the body uh, has a, our, our code, the DNA code is in that cell. It is directing the functioning, the proper functioning of that cell. So if you have a Y chromosome, every cell uh, in the body is going to be impacted by the presence of that Y chromosome. So I, I'm just, you know, bringing this up just to underscore the, what the biological reality is. Now, when you take that 10-year-old child and you comply with his request to be considered a girl, and you are following, of course, the directions of all the uh, medical organizations, well, let's just call it what it is. You're enforcing a falsehood. He is not mm -hmm. a girl, and he can never be a girl. There you go. Okay, uh, that's a good place to pause it very quickly. And, right. you know, that's very clear. He can never be a girl, never, mm -hmm. technically, medically, biologically. That's right. And... The, the elephant in the room for me when she was saying this was we've got a 10-year-old that we're going to put in the driver's seat and say, okay, you can select your, and your, That's right. your gender. But we just heard unequivocally under 99.9-ish .9 percent of the time it's done at conception there are some way, you know, extenuating right. circumstances when the when that's not the case. But the elephant in the room, Ben, is would you not think that that 10-year-old or maybe a little older, I'm not sure when they get into that, uh, that sort of study in biology in school, mm -hmm. but you've got to be, if you're not teaching that, well, she said it's a, she just said it's a falsehood that there's a belief, you know, other than, you know, if you don't think that 
if you think you can be a grub a, a girl as a ten year old, but that that's just a falsehood. That's not true. Right. So, what in God's green earth are they teaching? You know, to me, that's the elephant in the room. When you're young like this, kids are. You know, when you're taking exams, I mean, I just recall that that one show. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? These kids right. are smart. They're yeah. going to know. Hey, wait a minute. According to what I've learned in school, mm-hmm. I can't. I'm already this. Right. You know, and you know when you're this, it, it, it should be taught that that's that's it. Now, again, going back to the mosaic, we're all we are all still different. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a girl, and you know, my wife has a a cousin that is female. Mm-hmm. And this this woman can rebuild transmissions. Yeah. She's married. She has children. Right. She has built homes from the ground up. Okay. You can be different. Right. You know, you could be, as some might say, boyish, but that does not make you a male, a boy, you know. Right. If you're a girl and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, I might be slightly wrong on this, but I believe a while back in an episode we did, I think we did something of, like uh, on education that is happening in schools. Um, might have been last year. Uh, but I believe they said that like sexuality training or education. <laughs> right, right. I'd call it maybe training. Uh, is is even happening in third, fourth grade-ish um, and possibly earlier. Um, so that's right in line with like eight to 10 year olds, right? Yes. So you're, yes. you're, you're, you're telling them that early that, oh, well, you know, we have, you can identify as non-binary as, as this, as this, sure. as this, N- not getting into the actual biological science of it at that point. Cause the kids are, you know, maybe too young to understand all that, but they're, they're from what I remember, you know, introducing that type of thing that early on. And so right there, like you said, you know, they're impressionable. They're sure. Okay. Yeah. I must, it must be true. It right. I'm learning true. it in school. I'm learning it in school. Yeah. That's exactly and then, right. And then if mommy and daddy don't tell me anything different or I don't talk with mommy and mm-hmm. daddy, well, right. I and learned that I, I'm a girl in school. Okay. Yes. Sad, but true. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, that's more, evidence of why we should be involved in our children's lives, even, yes, even in the second and third grade, is to find out what is going on, what are they being taught. Right. So anyway, I just thought that was the big elephant in the room. You have got to be not teaching what you should be teaching to allow this to happen and have kids believe it. Mm-hmm. So, all right, moving on. And by the way, in a developing brain, every... Every experience in your life, everything you hear and you see and you experience creates a memory and it actually changes the brain. Okay, it it has an impact. We know this because we studied brain plasticity, that the actual functioning of and the, the wiring between the neurons in the brain is impacted by our experience. And I argue in the book don't we need to consider the impact on the brain of these young people? Their brains are still developing. Your brain is developing until you're 25 years old or mm-hmm. mid twenties. Okay. I can't say a specific age. Right. Um, so being, being called instead of Johnny being called, 
uh, Emily, you know, day, day, you know, a hundred, hundreds of times a day by everyone that knows you and being called she and her mm-hmm. by everyone that knows you at school, at home, everywhere, over and over and over again. And everyone trying to think of you as a girl, that's going to have an impact. So, okay, an impact on the brain, that's one thing. But what about an impact on, you know, later on, if the child, well, the child is going to have doubts. They may not express them or acknowledge them. But when they do have doubts at some point, do you understand how difficult it is for a child who already is young, has premorbid conditions, might be on the autism spectrum, the whole, you know, Mm. all these various... Uh, emotional conditions, uh, to stand up and say to the adults, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe I am, Johnny. We have to be thinking about that because we put them with this social affirmation, we put them on an expressway toward, toward the blockers toward these interventions that are going to have permanent effects. And some of them, uh, you know, huge life altering effects, not being able to have biological children. What's bigger than all that? What, what, What could we possibly be doing to these kids that would be more massively impacting their futures? You know, She's, she said a couple of good things, but I wanted to, the last thing she's talking about here, she, I, I'm, I'm hearing her saying, what are we, 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 what are we doing? And, you know, mm-hmm. that's a question because, you know, I think that all of us in some sort of way, and maybe, you know, our part, Ben, is, is, is putting this out now on this platform to allow people to hear it. But, you know, we can be speaking to people about this, too. Sure, it's, it might be an uncomfortable subject or a topic, right? but the kids aren't. You can't blame these kids for this. You might say, you know, really, what's what's wrong with them? Well, what's wrong with them is what she's saying is is they are being influenced and they're called, you know, Johnny's called, you know, Janie, Mm -hmm. you know, thousands of times a day over a period of time. And after a while, you're going to start sort of believing that you could be, you know, that and things are starting to change. But I wanted to touch on the the brain plasticity. The first thing she said is she was talking about the the things and how we remember things. And and I, I couldn't help but just think about. The episode we did with uh, Barbara O'Neill, what what happens when you're sleeping, right. and how yes. how the filing system in the brain works, and and you know the prime time and the hours for all of that to happen. I thought the the connection was amazing. She just mentioned it, and the yeah. the brain plasticity. Uh, there's been some uh, other other writers. Uh, one being uh, Ellen G. White wrote about this many many years ago about how. Our brains are, you know, I think they refer to it as plastic brain or plasticity, but it was plastic brain back then in the sense of it's never, you're never too old for your brain to change as far as your thinking goes. Right. And, but, but also in the, uh, she was talking about the, the, is the, the traveling, neurons, uh, the communication highways 
the difficulty in that is is that to to make any change if you're going to have a if you okay I'm going to change my diet I'm going to start working out I'm going to make you know uh, a new year's resolution whatever it is okay I'm all of a sudden going to become Emily well that is typically not an easy thing because you've got to plow a different pathway in the brain those you know right. so so and the way I understand that as this as this is happening you know that new pathway is sort of like one that's that is cluttered with briars and bushes and mud and and trees and it, it it's tough can it be done yeah but as you're going through it you might have a day where you're really plowing and working hard at it and then but and then you look over just i don't know 20 feet over and you see that old pathway right is yeah. perfectly clear and in your mind you're thinking you know what the heck with this diet <laughs> that's an easier way to go today right you know and and so just with that thought you could see the 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 battle that's going on in the mind to try to do this and even if you get far enough along and now you're realizing that it's not that way now you've got to come back and and rethink and go down this other pathway. So I just want to give a rough idea of what she's talking about when it's the the plasticity of the brain. And that is the difficulty that one would face. And it's not just in this, you know, these decisions, but any decision in your life. Right. Yes. Okay. Moving on. Their relationships, the kind of lives that they're going to have. So instead of being so careful and asking all these questions, we are instead, the professional organizations, just jump, ju- jumped on the bandwagon, affirm, 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 everything on demand. No deep analysis, what's going on with this child? What's going on in the family? Maybe, maybe there was some trauma. Mm. Maybe this girl was sexually, was molested. Mm. And and is afraid of growing up, afraid of growing up as a young woman. I mean, there could be endless number of things, and I've seen these kids, so I know this. Um, These are complex issues. Is there some some opposition? Clearly, finally, I have to say, there is more and more opposition, and even within the medical organizations, uh, for example, the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is, has now announced that they are going to review their policy that they came out with in 2018. That policy written by just one doctor who was just finishing his residency. And uh, that policy statement, uh, 2018, from the American Academy of Pediatrics is basically just, you know, just a regurgitation of, the, of all the ideology. Mm. It's just from A to Z. So there were pediatricians that tried to question that, to try to debate, to have some a panel discussion or what have you. They were silenced. You know, you dedicate a whole chapter in Lost in Transnation to euphemisms, which I find really interesting because a lot of the whole kind of, you know, woke encroachment into essentially all of the institutions involves this redefinition of terms or use 
of terms euphemistically. And this is, of course, you know, as you chart in intricate detail in this chapter, incredibly important. Like, for example, top surgery, top surgery. You, you don't get the sense that this, how invasive this is, how life-altering it is. It just seems like, ah, just something you could, you could do easily, right? But yes. so, so just tell me, tell me more about this use of, this use, specific use of language that's euphemistic, or in some cases, opposite. Well, we could be here all day talking about the Orwellian uh, terms that we have in gender ideology. Uh, the term affirming, which of course, if you affirm someone's new, gen new identity, it means you have to deny their biology. But, but affirming is such a wonderful term. So if someone is not affirming, well then, you know, what kind of person would, be, would not affirm a child? Yeah, that rude, just sounds mean. terrible. Yeah. Now, that chapter that I have that's called Euphemisms is um, specifically about the euphemism top surgery, which to me, as a physician who, um, I just, I'm enamored of female biology, reproduction, the, the biology of reproduction, the biology of pregnancy, of maternal child bonding, um, you know, the, the, the magic, if I could say that word, mm. of nursing and what goes on during nursing. Uh, it's, it is magical. So to me, that term top surgery is just particularly offensive as it leads young people, girls, obviously I'm primarily concerned about girls, to believe that it's not a big deal. Uh, it's the removal of, you know, they're led to believe that your breasts are unnecessary sex objects. That's their purpose. You're not a girl. You're not a woman. So you, you, don't, you don't need these objects on your chest. Um, it's, it's really, it, it's, it's odious to, to get young girls and their guardians, usually their mothers, to sign on the dotted line and have breasts removed. This is happening in girls as young as 12. Mm -mm. My goodness. Okay, and I, and I talk about the surgeons in the book who, who openly say, I have no lower age requirement in my office. These surgeons uh, presumably are getting informed consent from the girls and from their guardian, Presumably. who also has to sign if they're underage. And the question I'm asking in the book is, what kind of informed consent could this possibly be? To get an inf a valid informed consent, the person has to understand exactly what is going to be happening what to them in this procedure, what is being removed, uh, what are the possible consequences of the, of the procedure, and down the line, what are the other options that might be available to them to deal with the issue aside from surgery, and what might be the long-term consequences of the surgery? Now, of course, at the time that they're going for surgery and they're sitting with the surgeon, they're saying, as, as Chloe Cole uh, expressed very well, Chloe Cole being the 19-year-old detransitioner who has courageously stood up and testified in, in Congress and in other places 
And she had a bilateral mastectomy when she was 15 years old. Mm. And a few weeks after that mastectomy, she was in a psychology class in high school. And she learned about the experiments of Harry Harlow, who studied juvenile monkeys, baby monkeys, and the importance of maternal bonding and, and nursing. And it hit her, it hit Chloe, that, oh my gosh, I won't be able to nurse. Mm. I don't have breasts, I won't be able to nurse. Now, mind you, she had been told as she was going into the surgery, you're not gonna be able to nurse. But at that moment, she said to herself, she's 15, okay? She said to herself, well, I'm a boy. Boys don't nurse. And she went through with the surgery. It's caused. Okay. Just a quick uh, soundbite of uh, Chloe in Congress here, and then we'll, we'll wrap this episode up. But this is powerful. Permanent changes to my body. My voice will forever be deeper, my jawline sharper, my nose longer, my bone structure um, permanently masculinized, my Adam's apple more prominent, my fertility unknown. I look in the mirror sometimes and I feel like a monster. In order to be... Hmm. Well, we'll stop it right there. That's sad. To me, she looks, I mean, she looks like a beautiful young woman, but I, we don't know what she looked like at 14 or 15. Um, right. But how sad that a young woman can look in the mirror and see a monster, you know? Right. And it goes back to what we mentioned right at the beginning, how ironic that she does this, and guess what? She goes into a class where they're teaching accurate biology, mm-hmm. so be it, uh, you know, she saw this and heard it through monkey relations, but still the same thing, how intimate that process is and, right. and, and, and what that does. And then thinking years later, I think what, yep. th- three years later, that, I, wait a minute, I was supposed to be able to do this and I will never be able to do it again and I'm going to miss out. Uh, and a lot of regret. Regret. I've seen some other interviews with uh, Chloe. She, hmm. boy, she, okay. God bless her. She's she's standing up and calling this stuff out. And of course, that term is a detransitioner. Um, but right. you know, I think we leave it here today. With uh, there are doctors that don't see that there's anything wrong with this. That hey, uh, I will give you my version of informed consent. I will tell you my version of what uh, could happen, you right. know? Yeah. And she used the word of presumably informed consent. We don't know exactly what's going on. And, you know, shame on the parents for not doing their research, you know, right? Uh, and, and standing their ground. And I know that there's been some homes broken because of being on opposite ends, and there's been kids that have run away. But then I, I'm not sure what the percentage is, but some, th- those kids, there's many that end up committing suicide, you know. So yeah. this is real, and it's, it, this is in many, many ways sad, but those of us that still have some common sense and some compassion over human life at every corner and at every opportunity we need to be standing for 
the wonderful creation and our creator, who I think there again, I mentioned it before, that this is a direct attack on our creator uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Because we, according to the scriptures, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And our God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And nothing changes. And there's no way that we are going to be able to, as she said it earlier, to change our gender. We We can call ourselves a different name all day long. We will never be a woman if we're a man and we'll never be a man if we're a woman period it just That's you right. know uh, you can you can pervert you can corrupt you can uh, uh, manipulate and uh, destruct <laughs> i mean whatever you, you want to put on it but it is hormonally and biologically god has put this into place and would have a miracle actual birth is. And I think that's what some of these kids don't understand is, right. is that they had to, as a, as a living being had to go through that process to even have life, you know? Yeah. And if there yeah. was all, you know, one gender, all of the, the other, you know, it's, you would never have that. Mm-hmm. You would never have that opportunity. So there's, I think there's some more serious, uh, intimate studies that need to be taking place in schools, and I'm sure there are. But uh, just thought it was a perfect time to mention that. And um, but anyway, all right, ladies and gentlemen, another episode is in the book here, uh, and we are we are glad we're glad to be bringing you this. I know it uh, in, in many ways. It's boy. It'll send your mind reeling, uh, and uh, hopefully there are people out there that you can direct to uh, Dr. Grissom, and she's uh, spoken all over the country and probably the world as far as that goes. And if you want to get your hands on this particular interview here, that you can go to American Thought Leaders on Epic TV, uh, dot com, yeah, Epic or EpicTimes.com and then find Epic TV there, so... Anyway, All right. well, let's uh, have a word of prayer here, Ben, as we close. Dear Father in heaven, we do thank you for those that are standing. We thank you for those that do the research. We do thank you for those that are speaking out on this particular topic here that involves innocent children. They are not old enough to make a clear, conscious decision that carries any weight. Their brains are still being developed, as you intended. But there have been parents and guardians placed in the position of guiding and leading them in the way they should go. And shame on those that are falling to deception. So we pray for all of those that are involved all around the world that may be encountering problems or questions or difficulties when it comes to this particular topic. We ask for your mercy to be upon them. We ask for your mercy to be upon those children. Fortify their minds if they've done this and they're they're a detransitioner, if you will, in wanting to be at least come back as close as they can be to the young woman or man that you created. Father, forgive them. Many have offended you. 
And we pray that your mercy and your forgiveness will ring loud and clear in this country. And if there's anything that we can do here at The Undiluted Truth, please let us know what that would be. And let those that are listening know that uh, our hearts are with them and we are praying for them as we lift them up in prayer now. Have your way with them and may they experience the true love of Christ. We thank you again for this opportunity and this platform. And as always, Father, we close with the thought of may every intent of our thought be pure. And we thank you and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.